You're listening to Linked AM. Tell your story on Linked Live and get noticed. You're listening to Carl Wolfenden on the Business Class Show and is not always affiliated with the guests and the topics discussed. Any financial statements are the opinions of the individual and you should seek professional advice before making any decisions. Upgrade your listening to Business Class, the show that puts you in the big leather comfy seats. So sit back and enjoy our take on the trending business issues of the week. Howdy, folks. Here he is, the Texas Brit, the guy with the stiff upper lip, filling his 10-gallon hat and his cowboy boots, Carl Wolfenden. Good morning, good morning, and welcome to Linked AM on Business Class News. And, uh, uh, well, we've been having some really good conversations about different areas of operations of a company and um, how people are adjusting and being nimble and flexible uh, in this day and age of uh, of this COVID-19 pandemic that we're in the middle of. And, uh, you know, we just launched uh, and we'd, we'd been planning this for actually six months. And so we before COVID hit, we just launched our sister publication, businessclasssecurity.com. Uh, because um, it's very important uh, element of my interest. Because, as you know, as you as you listen and watch these uh, segments, you know it's very very important for a business to be not only operational but to keep that uh, data safe for customers, employees, etc. And now even more so. Uh, with, with everybody working remote, etc. So I thought, you know what? Um, a few a few months ago, it was back in May. My goodness, it seems so long ago. Um, I had uh, my friend Seth Early on. Of course, he's the CEO of Early Information Science (EIS), and um, we were promoting his book, um, the AI powered enterprise uh, and we talked about AI and how important it is to to give productivity and increase the the efficiencies of of an organization and we had a great conversation I'll put a link to that interview into this segment as well uh, but I thought I'd have him back on because you now part of the discussion about AI is how can it help with cyber security so we've got Seth uh, here <laughs> Seth thank you for joining me again great to see yes. you again Nice to see you. Thank you for having me. Well, we had a great conversation about your book. I can see it in the back there, you know, the AI-powered enterprise. <laughs> what a great book that is. Uh, and, and we talked about how important, um, you know, AI is if it's done right. And, and we, we talked about that. As, as we've had emails come in from CEOs and, and CIOs and even of smaller, smaller companies um, saying, you know, is there anything out there that we could be doing? You know, we all hear this word cybersecurity. Um, you know, when I did a crash course in cybersecurity, when we, when we were launching cybersecurity, uh, um, uh, the section, the uh, business class of security, I went and did a crash course. Uh, and I learned about CIA, now, not the, the government agency, but that's confidentiality, integrity, and availability. Those were the three things that they taught me about. Uh, and, you know, 
one of the things I think that we've talked about off off camera is how your company works mm -hmm. with cybersecurity, and it's about infrastructure, isn't it? It's about architecture. That's right. That's so right. tell me more about how your your perspective of uh, how your company works with cybersecurity officers sure. and departments. Sure. So you know, it's, so you know, what's interesting is when you think about building any information management program or project, whether it's artificial intelligence or or any conventional technology, we usually think about the user experience first, right? And and making it smooth and easy and accessible, and then afterwards we kind of bolt on security. We think of it after the fact, or we have to go through this process of. Uh, getting uh, something onboarded or officially approved, and then there's a security uh, audit. But that's not really how we need to think about things. We need to think about things in advance. We need to think about how to structure the information to make it most secure before we build the systems. And there's there's really three kinds of, of uh, classes of, of concern. One is the human aspect, right? Just the fact that 95%, 95% of the breaches are from uh, human errors and uh, social engineering and phishing and you know things that are not necessarily technical in nature, but just human uh, errors. Uh, so that has to be part of a knowledge infrastructure. Now, when we build out any information architecture for artificial intelligence, we want to think about the knowledge, right? So we want to have the training programs and the protocols and the processes and the checklists and the certifications and all of those things that people need to know in order to recognize that email that looks like it was from me is not from me, right? right? Because uh, that happened to us. Uh, you know, we had somebody uh, uh, spoofing our email and, and sending something to my accounting department, asking them to do a wire transfer, allegedly from me. But it was easy to see that that was not an actual email for me because it had a different title. If you hover over the URLs, they weren't, you know, early.com and so on. But that's human training and that's knowledge. That's one aspect. And so thinking about cybersecurity from a knowledge infrastructure, a knowledge management, a knowledge architecture perspective, incredibly important, especially as you observed with everybody working remotely these days, right? We have to make that very, very important. The other piece of it, is thinking about you know the infrastructure itself in terms of the technologies and the tools, whether you're using virtual private networks or not. You know everything is out in the cloud. You know two-factor authentication. There's a whole range of things there. We don't necessarily work in that area, but we work in the first area of the knowledge infrastructure. Uh, and then the third piece is, as I started to mention, designing the information itself. When we're doing a project for applied materials, which is in my book. One of the things that they had to be very careful of was making a distinction between uh, company IP and customer IP across different customers, right? So you have a field service engineer that's working out at an IBM fabrication plant. Uh, they can share certain information with another field service tech working at an Apple fabrication plant. But there's other information that's part of a competitive uh, advantage that they can't share. So, so that is a very nuanced security model. That security model has to be able to identify customer IP, customer A IP versus customer B IP versus the company's IP. And then there's a whole layer of export 
controls where they can't send anything out of the country. So those different levels of granularity are really an information architecture problem to solve. So we need to think of it this way. If somebody was coming into a building, right, you have to identify, well, are they allowed to come in the building or not? Right. So you have to classify people as, you know, allowed or not allowed. <laughs> right. Then once they're in the building. So, so that's a that's an information uh, architecture problem. Once they're in the building, well, what do they get to do? What rooms do they get to go to? Right. That has to be defined as well. And that's part of the architecture. Then once they get into a room, what are they allowed to do? Are they allowed to put something in the room, take something out, rearrange the furniture? <laughs> right. So all of those things are actual permission levels, security levels, uh, uh, different types of privileges <clears throat> that have to be identified both uh, on the human side, the people side, the organizational side, and the information, the document itself. What is it about this document that tells me what is in it and what rights I need to protect, whether it's customer rights or my rights? I love the, the way that you just uh, chronology that because you're absolutely right. When 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 you're building a building out, and I think, you know, we've all got to start thinking differently. Mm. Uh, I had Bruce Mao on, who's a, he's a royal architect, a designer. He's a royal designer, um, and he works with Free, the Freeman Company. And he's all about designing. He's, he's written a book mm. called Massive Change, uh, and we, we were talking about that. And he was saying that we're going to have to change the way that we, we're looking at different things. Mm. And what you just said is absolutely solid because – you know, if you if you're gonna go out and you say, okay, I want to do cybersecurity. I mean, let's 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 step back. What is why is cybersecurity important? I mean, it's to protect the business, it's to increase productivity, it's to inspire uh, customers to say, I trust this company to work with because they're going to keep my data protected uh, and actually protect the network as such but if you're going to go out and actually start to say okay i want to go and do all those different pillars you've got to think about building the infrastructure and doing the architecture so we've got to have somebody like you come in your company mm -hmm. come in and say okay okay yeah you've got all your switches and your, your network mm -hmm. protocols etc etc but how does that work with who is going to be in there why are they in there and how do we detect them? That's right. That's exactly right. And, and you kind of think about, you know, the whole uh, premise of the web uh, was open, yeah. right? Started off open. <clears throat> and then, <clears throat> and that was one of the reasons why it took off so well. I mean, back in the old days, I'm going to date myself by, <clears throat> by mentioning, <clears throat> excuse me, Lotus Notes. Lotus Notes. Back I remember in the old them. Days. Hey, you remember Lotus we're Notes. We're two young right? pups. There you go. Yeah, it was. Uh, they used to say it did poorly. Lotus did Notes did poorly. Uh, what nothing else could do at all back at the time, right? Talk across networks and so on. But it started off completely closed down, yeah. like completely locked down, and then you had to do all this work to open it up, open it up, open it up, and that was one of the big uh, impediments to its its adoption. The the web, on the other hand, completely open. Right, makes it easy. But now we have all these doors to close and all these things to, to batten down. So it became easier to deploy, but harder to secure. <clears throat> and Notes was easier to secure, but much harder to deploy. But it taught, uh, taught me that we had to think about security in advance. We had to start off by designing security at the very start. And a lot of organizations haven't done that. So now when we start looking at our information world, there's more inform there are more information sources, there's more 
access to that information. There are more critical processes that are being exposed. And we really need to think through how all of that structure is going to work as we continue to work remotely and as we continue to expand our networks of resources, right? We're not, it's just, it's not about an employee versus not an employee. It's not about somebody internal versus external. There's all, there are all these webs of relationships that we need to understand and we need to design around. So, so it's just a different way of looking at all of this stuff. I think the walls are blurred, like you just said. The, the, because everybody's working remotely, you know, there's uh -huh. VPNs out there, you know, that you can uh, you deploy. But that's a that's a very, <laughs> I mean, if you've got a thousand employees, five thousand employees, you know, deploying that, etc. Not everybody's using VPNs anymore. That's so right. So you've got to start that's looking right. at, you know, what is that infrastructure look like? And because, you know, somebody from an IP from a house you know, is easily replicated. I mean, it really mm. is. And so um, what, what, is it, what is it that you say to, to people when they come to you and say, look, I, mm -hmm. I've started putting a cybersecurity mm -hmm. initiative in. Is it about curating and cataloging and starting to sort of put in all the different things that um, the AI layers as such? Because it's going to take a lot of work out of because – one thing I realized was, was when you put a, a cybersecurity protocol or program in, you've got to be watching that consistently. Right. That's human. <clears throat> so AI right. can be trained, as you said, right. to, to look at what the anomalies are. That's true. You know, true. You know, and that, that's another angle. So the thing about cybersecurity, there's so many dimensions to it. Yes. Right? There's just yes. so many angles and there's so many layers you know, we look at the actual information and say, let's secure the information. But then, as you say, there are patterns of behaviors, right? Network behaviors, <clears throat> traffic, uh, different types of interactions, your employees, your contractors, your networks, uh, other uh, organizations that are accessing your data. And all of those patterns add up to things that are either legitimate, yep. right, or things that may be not legitimate, right? Yep. And anomalies. And so you can't, humans can't detect those anomalies because there's so many possibilities, right? A human can't sit there and look, and maybe they can, but they'll, they're going to see a lot of uh, false uh, positives and they may uh, miss a lot of stuff, right? right. So we do need our uh, AI to be able to monitor those uh, anomalies and, and identify them and report them and flag them and so on. But that also requires training data. Right? We have to be able to start looking at, well, what are, what are the anomalies? And let's validate whether those are really anomalous or not. Right? Are those actual violations? Are those security threats? That all goes into an information architecture as well. Right? So, so the fact is you can't take any uh, pre-trained model that works for company A and bring it into company B and just have it work. Right. Right? We need to make sure that we, we have uh, cataloged the, the flagged uh, uh, traffic patterns and make sure that they are what they're supposed to be, whether they're acceptable or not acceptable. That is also an information architecture, information management problem. So that's the AI looking at overall traffic and overall anomalies, because again, these networks are huge. There's so many different events, the human can't do it. But again, as, as I was saying that you know, we have to look at the data itself and the content itself and start to decide what is, it that, what is it that makes this piece of information important and what is it that makes it IP, 
and what is it that makes it uh, you know, restricted in some way, either internally or across customers. So that whole piece of it is, uh, is it has to be defined, right? We, we can't just, you know, do it on the fly, right? right? We can't just decide and, oh, yeah, I'm going to look at this one document and decide whether, you know, where it belongs. I can't do that. You know, we, it's just virtually, it's impossible. So we have to do it in a programmatic way. We have to do it in a systematic way. And we have to do it in a way that allows uh, many of these emerging machine learning technologies that, that can do a very good job, let them do the classification. We used to call it text analytics in the old days. Right, I remember. Yes, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, 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 it was. So, so your team um, over at IS, you know, early information science, um, you know, what is it? How did they interact with the client as such? I mean, is it is it discovery and how, yeah. how does that how does that work with your sure. your company? Sure. So so EIS is a professional services firm. Yep. So we're not going in and selling a you know a solution or software or something. We're going in and we're we're uh, defining the problems with you with the organization and we're uh, going through and doing that discovery and examining things. Usually. You know, when it, when it comes to security, you know, a lot of organizations are really playing defense with their data, right? They're just trying to worry about compliance uh, and they're trying to worry about regulatory issues and, you know, security threats and so on. But you really have to look at it from the perspective of what is that data going to do for you and how can you be uh, most proactive in, in leveraging it? So while you're solving the defensive problem, it can also solve the, the offense problem, right? You can use it as a competitive advantage. So going into any cybersecurity program, you know, what we want to do is understand the sources of the information, the uses of the information, understand who owns that information, the provenance of that information, where did it come from, what we're allowed to do with it, and that whole information lifecycle understanding is critical to cybersecurity. So before we understand, if we don't understand those sources and those usage, uh, usages and the owners and the rights, if we don't understand that, we can't design our cybersecurity program. So what we will do is we'll go in and we'll help an organization catalog all of that and identify the most critical information, the sensitive information, how that needs to be treated and how it needs to be tagged and organized and architected so that it can be protected but also properly exploit it. Very good. I mean, at the end of the day, it's like having access card and saying, yeah. you know, these are the areas we need to go into, but knowing who the individuals are. So you, you, you are, you're curate, curating and cataloging right. everything so that it is then can be placed inside the building, <laughs> the, yep. side, the, the network. Uh, In the lock, lock, right, locked doors and locked, locked doors. rooms. Yeah. Yep. And, yep. Cap, and yep. cabinets. Yeah. <laughs> <Right. laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. So everything has to be organized in those different ways in order for us to be able to secure it to know what we can do with it and what we can't do with it and you know who should have access look at what just happened with twitter there's been a huge uh, breach and it had to do with the fact that even low-level employees could have access to many sensitive systems yes well that's crazy that should have been designed completely differently right I mean, they, they evolved over time. And in the beginning, when they were small, you know, yes, everybody had access to everything. Well, that can't continue as an organization scales. So the fact is, even understanding the rights of individuals within the organization relative to data sources 
is an information architecture problem. It's a security problem, but at the core, it's an information architecture problem. And that has to be solved. That has to be designed very, very intentionally. As you say, who gets who gets to come in the building, right? Yep. Who do we have to keep out just at a high level? Once they're in the building, what do they get to do? <laughs> right. right, right. Even if we, if we if we let somebody in, well, wait a minute, they're an employee. They should have access to all this. No, 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 they shouldn't. <laughs> as Twitter as Twitter shows, right? So you know, even that level of access, I mentioned to you before the the uh, scam where somebody tried to do a uh, wire transfer. Well, my accounting department wasn't allowed to do wire transfers right. without me, and yep. in fact. I have to go into the bank to do the wire transfer. So that whole security uh, breach is not possible from that perspective. Because you put a protocol in place. Because the protocol of who can do what, yes. where, and when. And that is what cybersecurity has to be part has to be part of. Who can do what, where, and when. And that has to be defined. Right now, we can't start off with, oh, everything is open and we'll lock it down later. Or, oh, the user experience. There's always this trade-off between well, is it usable or is it secure, right? Yes. And and is it it's really usable and it's not very secure. It's really secure and it's not very usable. Well, we really have to balance that. And if we design it correctly at the foundation from the architectural perspective, we can satisfy both. Seth, pleasure to have you on the show. It really is because you have a different perspective and the knowledge that you have. So. Um, unfortunately, we've run out of time on the on, on the on the conversation. But as as it evolves, the conversation, I'm sure there's going to be other areas mm. that I maybe need to bring you back on the show. And oh, absolutely! Question. Well, uh, thank you for joining me this morning. It's been a pleasure. It really has. I always enjoy it. I, I love your energy, and uh, always happy to come by and and uh, spend some time with you. Fantastic! Thanks so much. That was Seth Early, of course, of Early Information Science. And he's a CEO, and he's also also the author of AI Powered Enterprise, which you know, I'll put all the details about his book because it really does tie into this conversation, and uh, it's a wealth of information. So don't don't uh, sort of uh, hold back. Go and get hold of that copy of that book because it really does give you an insight of what we just talked about. So thanks for joining me this morning, everyone out there. And as always, as I say, keep safe, have fun, make some money and be successful. Thanks so much. Bye-bye.